so I want to encourage you um, just to just to piggyback Lynn, talk to us about, um, just encourage you on this Thursday, we got two services at five and seven, Christmas Eve, Eve. And we're doing things a little different this year, but it's just one, one thing uh, what we really value around here is we value rest, we value families, and we also value like outside connections. So our Christmas Eve, Eve could be a great time to invite your friends, family, coworkers to enjoy some of the Christmas story. We're gonna be wrapping up our Christmas presents series. We'll be talking about peace, so we encourage you to come to that and bring folks with you. And also, next Sunday, um, we'll have church, just not in the building. Because this isn't the church, right? We are. And so, like, wherever we go, where two or more gather in his name, there he is. And so we're going to have stuff online available for you on Thursday to watch on Sunday. So we encourage you to do it with your, with your kids, your family, your loved ones in town, with friends, neighbors, maybe hang out with your small group, your house group, whatever. We encourage you to do that because, we, like I said, we really value family rest and outside connections. All right. Does anyone hate obligatory gifts? Like, does anyone ever, like, deal with that nervousness, like, do I, am I supposed to get them a present? Am I supposed to get them a present because they're going to bring me a present? Or sometimes you get a present that sucks. One year, when I was 14 years old, I'm opening up presents, and my mom, I'm standing there in front of my family, and it's leopard, cheetah, and zebra underwear. Speedo, a banana hammock, like, you know, sort of thing. And I'm just standing there looking at this thing, Probably the most embarrassed I've ever been opening these, like, Tarzan underwear. Like, oh, like, like Isaiah was over there. I'm just like, I can't believe this was happening. It's like, that was one of the worst moments of my life. And sometimes people feel like they just got to get you a quota or that I get you something. Like, I'd just rather get a high five than, like, Speedo leopard skin underwear. You know, whatever. I'd rather get cursed, like, almost. Like, I think that I would remember it less than I did that day. And, um, and I just hate, like the, like, the pressure. Like, I love Thanksgiving because I just, like, it's faith, family, football, like, you know, feasting, the whole thing. I just, like, love Thanksgiving. It's the start of the Christmas season, but none of the pressure. You just got to throw down and then lay down, right? It's like, <clears throat> and, like, I actually sometimes wish that, like, we didn't have to exchange presents. Like, I, I know that sounds weird, but it's just, like, we all live in a society where it's, like, you know, bigger is better. Like, I talk to people, like, oh, yeah, I spent 3000 bucks on my kid for Christmas. I'm like, what? Like, there are starving, dying people, and, like, I don't know. Just, it just, like, like to me, it kind of takes away from some of the season, like, the pressure or wondering if your neighbor is going to get you something, but you don't really want to get them something or you can't really afford it. I just feel like sometimes um, people could use better presents than more ties, coffee mugs, or house cat scented body spray, or leopard speedos. And I, I like, it's a, like, I think that what I wanna be is move from a have to to a get to. But the thing I think about presence that's really good that I forget, because I'm sometimes a cheapskate and, pra- and I'm too practical, is that um, there is something in giving that makes people feel loved. There is something when we give, when we offer freely, that people feel loved. And I think that's why oftentimes presents is the best present. Like, our kids would way rather have us 364 days a year 
and our neighbors would way rather have us 364 days a year and our spouses 364 days a year invest in them, spend quality and quantity time, love, pour out compliments, kindness, share experiences than they would just under a tree open up thousands of dollars worth of stuff that they'll forget by next year who gave them that. And I think that to Jesus, he's not much different. Like, I know we have more people in church this time of year, like Christers, like the Christmas and Easter people who come. And it's just that thing, like, where we feel in the season, and, like, we come, and it's great. I'm so glad you're here if that's you. But I think that there's something that God, Jesus wants us, he, he just wants us all the time. And it's not, like, an obligatory have to, but, like, he loves you. He loves me deeply, and he loves our presence, and he wants to share with us his presence and so I think because love is an experience, right? It's not just a one-time kind of drive-by shooting or like parachute drop one-time thing. And it's something to be shared, to be given and received. And so I think the, give of, the gift of love this season is what I've been thinking about. I'm thinking as I was preparing for this, I thought like, what is love? Like what is love? It's kind of like, you know, kind of thinking of that um, Burt Bacharach song, you know, what the world, oh, what is love, you know, or that too. Um, yeah, we can play that. What is love, baby, don't hurt me no more, you know. Or, uh, um, yeah, it's just, but like, think of like the Burt Bacharach, you know, like, what is love, the world needs now is love, sweet love, all we need, love is all we need, kind of com combining that in the Beatles, it's like, I think there's more, like, I think that as the world talks about love, like, the world's asking the right questions. They just don't got the right answers. It's not the night at the Roxbury. <laughs> it's not, you know, just, uh, just love is all we need. There's only one kind of love that's all we need, but there's so many things embedded in that. It can't just be love. And we've defined love as just this free-for-all, which is like, basically since the 60s, love is self-expression. It's un unbridled sex. It's, you know, it's just consumption. That love, like we've kind of cheapened the word love by our definitions of just like anything like we like. It's like the word awesome and the word love are the most overused thing. It's like, hey, I'll see you in 15 minutes. Awesome, really? It's like, I, well, I'm awesome. I step out of the car and just beam like awesome. Like no one thinks that's like, oh, cool, you're here. Like cool is probably a better response. Or I love guacamole. Like guacamole can't love me back, right? And it's like really love is only something that can be reciprocated. And I think we've cheapened these words by how we use them and I think by how we define them. Um. Like the word in Hebrew for love is the word ahava. Say ahava with me. And now we're going to say it, and like what, what the rabbis would tell people, like in a Jewish wedding, is they would say ahava, and they would hold that last syllable as long as they could, just basically signifying that we love to our last breath. So we're going to say together, we're going to say ahava again, and I want you to hold it as long as you can, okay? One, two, three. Ahava.
<laughs> wow. Wow, someone over there, yeah, it's like the TH, yeah. And I think about, um, like, ahava, um, what it literally means is to give, share of one's self uh, materially, emotionally, sexually, with time, with responsibility, with emotions, with, um, it's so much more about giving than it is about getting. Ahava is about giving. And do we love something if we don't give ourselves to it? If we don't give ourselves to it, do we love it? Or maybe we do love some things and we're giving ourselves to them, but like I said, they don't love us back. Because a lot of us are, um, we give ourselves to work. We give ourselves to booze. We give ourselves to porn. We give ourselves to sports. We give ourselves to whatever. But it's like, I'm just, I got news for you. Do you know if you die tomorrow, if you die tomorrow, maybe that job you're given 60, 70, 80 hours a week, you know, they'll probably come, send some flowers, eat some sandwiches, and go home, and then they'll hire someone else next week. But the f- people around you that love you, like your, your spouse or your kids or your parents or, or your neighbors and friends, like they'll be thinking about you next year. They'll be thinking about you the year after that. They'll be thinking about the, you the year after that. And it's like, I think God wants us to give ourselves to things that love us back. That's what love is. Because when we give, it's like love is a two-way street. And that's why when it says, like, God is love, like, God doesn't just love us in a, back, in a vacuum. He doesn't just save us for trophies in this trophy case. Like, he loves us, and that's why obedience matters to Jesus, because obedience is, like I've said before, when we obey God, we give him the one thing he doesn't have, our will. Your heart is the one thing. Like, he's the Lord over everything in the universe. He, the heavens are his throne, the earth is his footstool, The whole universe is the Lord's, but the one thing God abdicates his right to is our heart. That's why obedience matters. It's not that he's like just looking for slaves. No, he's looking for lovers and people that do what they say, that love him back with the love he gives us. And that's why it's so important. And and I think it's so important to remember that at this time of year where we're consumed with giving gifts and getting gifts, are we giving gifts that really, that people want? Are we giving them gifts that they need? Or are we just giving them, you know, maybe even worse rendition of leopard speedo underwear? Maybe you want to give that to someone, and that's cool. Maybe they really want that. I don't want to downplay that. I just cannot imagine how anyone would would want that. So if that's you, and you're like, don't like, man, I got to take that back. If you think the person you're going to love loves that, just don't give them in front of your kids, Okay. Or don't give them to your kids in front of their siblings. <laughs> They'll never, never live that down. So, in Luke chapter 2. Sorry, no. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was not in the notes. Um, so, in Luke chapter 2, um, we see this. Uh, where is it? Let me find the verses. I lost my spot. 2, 
verses 46 through 55 say this. And this is Mary. Mary had just learned she's going to give birth to the God-man. She's just um, had the, the visitation from an angel, and he says, um, don't be alarmed, don't freak out, you're about to be pregnant with my kid. First of all, an angelic angel, you know, angels don't exactly look like little pudgy cherubs, you know, with like an arrow, you know, shooting like a toilet plunger or whatever. They, like angels, in the Bible, when people encounter angels, they fall on their faces, they cry, they run, they get terrified. Like angels are not just these little chubby things that we see in some Michelangelo paintings. Um, Mary said this, she said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. So she's saying, God, you've given me something that's unbelievable. You've given me something. And she says, for your mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. I love that Mary said, I receive this thing from God, but I also give this thing, I give my heart. My, my soul glorifies God. My soul glorifies the Lord. Mary was basically singing her Ahava song to God, like, I'm gonna love you with my last breath. Thank you. And imagine like the charge of raising Jesus. Like you know he's supposed to be perfect. Like dropping the F-bomb in front of Jesus. Or yelling at your yelling at Joseph in front of Jesus, or like kicking the dog in front of Jesus. Like, what would that have felt like as his mom? You know, have you ever thought of Mary's plight? I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about what it'd be like that the that the Holy One would pass through you. In the gift of love, the ahava is, do you know all of us are to have God-bearing lives? Do you know we're to all have this God-bearingness where God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us and he wants to pass through us and shine out of us just like he did from his mother Mary. And so as we're thinking about as we're thinking about this series, we've talked about joy. We've talked about faith. We've talked about hope. Today we're talking about love. Thursday we're going to talk about peace. I really think that kind of the our 2022 resolutions I hope would include this little math equation. Joy plus faith plus hope plus peace, that really equals love. And when we walk in those things, we're going to give people the presence of Jesus, and that's the best present we can give the next 364 days till we celebrate this again. See, because I, I don't believe God gives cheap gifts or scant leftovers. Like, God put it all out there when he gave us Jesus. Friends, when we're loving each other, do we put it all out there? Or do we hold something back because we're afraid to be hurt again? Do we hold something back because we gotta make sure we get ours? Do we hold something back because we don't really wanna be that honest about the darkness that kind of 
broods underneath. God didn't hold anything back. He put it all out there in the light for all to see. To everyone who wanted to receive him, he gave the right to be called the sons and daughters of God. And the only response to love that I think is really appropriate is that we give the way we receive. See, Jesus isn't a partial savior. He's not a partial God. He didn't give part of himself. Like, he was battered and broken head to foot. It said we didn't even recognize him. So he gave it all so we could receive love. That's generosity. I love our boxes back there that say costly generosity. Like, do we give of our lives in such a way that it really hurts? And I'm not talking in a wasteful way of maybe giving that $3,000 present that you can't afford. I'm not talking about that. But do we spend our hearts, our minds, our emotions, our thoughts, our beings, do we give in such a way that it costs us something? Like, yeah, there's times when we're doing outreaches. It costs us something. There's times when, I love in Hebrews 13, it talks about a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes our praise has to cost us something. If your only prayer time is on the way into work, I'm, I'm just gonna let you know if in the car, if that's your only time that you give to the Lord, that's great, but that's probably not the life of love he's looking for. All right. it, it costs us something. It costs us something to love. Love by its nature is giving. And it does, it does cost. And I, I, I've learned this from my wife, from her mom and her dad. They, they just give on a level that's very generous that I never experienced in my life. There was nothing like obligatory about it. There was nothing about it that um, I had to do something to receive it. I just felt like from them, I, I felt the love of God by how lavishly they've poured out acceptance and forgiveness and patience and kindness and generous gifts and giving of their time, of their hearts to me and to other people. Like I never had experienced that on that level before. And they just do it and they don't expect anything back. And that's, that's what ahava is. All right. Brother Lawrence, one of the great saints of old, kind of one of the masters. Um, if you want, ever want to take a deep dive, short little book written by Frank Laubach and Brother Lawrence called Practice of His Presence. Read that. Just Brother Lawrence, look up the book. Read that book. It'll change your life. It'll change your prayer. It'll change the way you see the kingdom and see others. And he says this little quote, he says, many things are possible for the person that has hope. Even more is possible for the person who has faith. And still more is possible for the person who knows how to love. But everything is possible for the person who practices all three of these virtues. Because really, faith and hope, faith and hope and love are all things that we have to receive and all things that we have to give. And I think the result of those things is peace. See, peace is kind of an outward expression of an inward thing. And all of these things really are. That's what, what they are. That's who we are. And I, I think, church, I just encourage us to really pray about, like, Lord, how, how would you have me increase in my capacity to not only give love, but to receive love? Because a lot of times we'll do, do, do for others, but we can't receive a thing back. 
Some of you are very generous, and you'll always give for everyone, but then when it comes time for someone to give to you, you can't receive back. And love is a two-way street. And we're not, we're not doing these, stu- these things to get to heaven. We're not having faith to get to heaven. We're not having hope to get to heaven. We're not loving to get to heaven. We're, we're doing these things because heaven got to us. And it changes the entire motivation when we let heaven take over us and we just say, Jesus, I want to love you back with the love you gave me. I want to love others back with the love you gave me. And so sometimes this realization, we're just going to take a second and we're going to do something spiritual before we watch part of the Grinch. (laughs) And I want you to say, Jesus, where do you want my heart to grow and my capacity to give and receive love? Just put your hands out for a minute and just say that like in your mind and just shut your eyes and just let the Lord speak to you. Because if you're no different than the day you were when you gave your life to Jesus, that's, a, that's, that's hard. Or if we're no more forgiving, no more loving, no more affectionate, no more gentle, no more tender, no more hopeful. Maybe you're negative. Maybe you're negative Nelly and the, and the sky has fallen and you just can't get over it. Maybe that's where you need to receive more of his love. We're gonna watch this clip of the Grinch and then I'm gonna hand it over to my homeboy Lucas here in a minute. Now, 
And I love that, kind of as love entered like the Grinch's heart, he saw that it wasn't just about presence, but it was about that like the presence was there with the Who's. Like they had lost it all, but they, but they still had something in their heart that wasn't really tangible or plausible to him. But then he saw that thing, and I think that there's such a sweet little thing in there, is that like, do you know that, that the world can take away our stuff? Do you know the government can take away our rights? Do you know that we can, we can lose things, we can lose family members, we can lose relationships, we can lose jobs, but if we have the right perspective, God's love can fill our heart and strengthen us like nothing else ever could. And there's something like in the Grinch that I think is, a, is really a, is a good illustration for all of us, that as we get the right perspective, we get strengthened, and we get strengthened to give. And a lot of us can't give anymore because we're not receiving anymore from God. In Bob Goff, in another great book called Love Does, he says, give away love and grace like you're made of the stuff. So Lucas, why don't you come on up? And Lucas is gonna share with us the other side of this coin about love. So let's hear it for Lucas. Thanks, Ryan. Well, good morning. It's great to see you. I'm grateful just to get to share today a little bit as we're talking about this this gift of love, right? And what does that mean? And how do we receive it? And how do we give it away? And how do I get my Bible and my pieces of paper all correctly organized on the music stand? Only the Lord will make a way, right? It's in his power. Hey, can we pray again? Because I need to pray again. Jesus, just come have your way. Show us how to love. Show us how to be love. Show us how to give love. Holy Spirit, show us how to receive love. God, you are the author of love, and it's only gonna be through you that we redefine what love looks like to us, Lord. So Holy Spirit, would you just come and shape us and just change us today and just just go beyond Ryan's words or my words and just speak to people's hearts today from your heart, Lord, what they need to hear and how they need to hear it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Man, I love what Ryan was saying. I don't even want to try to pronounce that word in front of you all through the microphone, but that Hebrew word, like that was, that was new to me, that that Hebrew word for love meant to give. Like what a different picture of love. And I think most of us in the room would say we're probably in favor of like more love, right? We're always, hey, just, just more love, share the love. It's all about the love, right? But what if saying that we want more love meant that we had to answer this question? What has the Lord given you that you need to give away in love to others? You might not know, but the Lord's given you something today. You specifically, you have something to offer. And it's something that as an act of love, the Lord's inviting you to give back, to pour out to others. You know, today we're working on kind of redefining love, right? We're, we're changing from this like cultural, social idea of love to this kingdom concept of love, a concept where it's not just a word, but it's an action where we give ourselves to those around us. I would say like the ultimate goal is to love like God has first loved us. And there's a verse that came to my mind this weekend, just praying and thinking about this time together and just getting to share and it's a verse that, that even if you haven't grown up in church or been around, you've maybe heard of it somewhere along the way. And if I'm being honest, it's a verse that I think a lot of people that follow Jesus, we've kind of become numb to it. 
Like it's kind of just become old hat. It's kind of just become something we've heard over and over that it's like it doesn't grab our hearts anymore. And I just wanna read it to you really quick and hope we could hear it with fresh ears and what it means to love. The verse says this, for God so loved, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Can we hear that with fresh ears today? Seriously, I know it makes me emotional because that's just what God does when he moves in my heart. But like, that's amazing. Like for God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, your father, God, he loves us so much that he chose to send his son down here to earth when he could have been up there in heaven to this like adoptive foster care system of like Mary and Joseph as his earthly parents. And he did it so that a way could be made for me and you in a broken world and with with broken flesh that we could believe in him and be freed and be redeemed and be restored. To me, this is the model of love that we're talking about. For God so loved that what did he do? He gave, right? This is what we're saying. To love is to give. He so loved us that he gave. If we wanna love others like God loves us, we have to give to others like God gives to us. And some of these opening thoughts are just kind of retouching stuff Ryan did, but I just think it's important that we recognize that that's what it is, that love is active, or this type of love is active, right? And Ryan mentioned this, how it's like, well, that word love has lost a little bit of its power in our culture, right? And we see that happen with words all the time. If, if there's a fancy term for this, somebody let me know. I couldn't find it. But you know, like when a word kind of changes over time, it's like it used to mean one thing, but now it means something new. What I was coming to mind is like, I can only imagine when that first young hipster millennial was like, yo, that's so bad. That's so nasty. It's like, what does that mean? You mean it's good and awesome and cool? Like, yeah, well, why not just say it? I don't know, right? We just change what words mean. And I think we've done that with love, right? Ryan said it exactly. It's like we've cheapened what it means to love. But I think today we're redefining what that looks like. And what I love about the love that God designed is that it's deep, it's giving, it's forgiving, it's self-sacrificing. It is the greatest love. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians. It was funny preparing this week. I just felt like every like cliche verse about love coming to my mind and just be like made new again. Like, you know those things you've read and heard time and time again, but it's like, God's not done using those verses to change how we love people. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians, it's kind of like the wedding verse. I wanna read it over us today, but instead of you thinking about it, don't you, ever, like, don't you always read scripture and think about you first? I know I do that. It's like, I'll read this verse and like, well, I'm good at that one. I fall short at that one. That one, I'm all right at. Can we just pause? And when I read this verse, I want you to just think about when or if you've experienced God being these things to and for you. It's in 1 Corinthians 13. Maybe you just need to close your eyes. Just when has God been this to you? Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of wrongdoings. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful 
and endures through every circumstance. I read that and before I think about me, I just start realizing that's how God has loved me. He's been so patient, right? He's been so kind. I even love, it's like it doesn't demand its own way. Like God's love is there for you, but right, you have to step into it and say yes to it. This is a picture of God's love. It's how we hope to love others, but how he first loves us. We're learning today that to love is to give. And I hope this verse helps us realize also that it's not always giving stuff, right? Maybe the thing we need to give to share love is patience or kindness or humility or justice or hope or faith or perseverance. These are things that we can give as an act of our love. This is that active love that Jesus is inviting us into. It's what he has for us today and what he wants us to share with others. All right, this might be the part of the service where you're like, this is hard, right? Like I always say I wanna love people, but this is difficult. I love that Jesus, like he sets the bar super high, right? That's just, sometimes he just shows up that way. In John 15, it says, this is my commandment. Love each other the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. Right, so we're all still alive today, so I'd say we have some room to grow in what it looks like to love other people. This is the bar, but it's the invitation of how we can love in action, of how we can love the people around us in a different way. And it's amazing and powerful and challenging, but I don't actually think a lot of us are ready to do that yet. I don't think many of us, maybe even all of us, are ready to give that away. I just felt the Lord putting it on my heart, and this is that receiving piece, and it's just this idea that you can't give what you don't have. Right? You can't give what you don't have. And I don't just mean like maybe you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus or or said you believe in him or, or, or experience his love. I mean people that, that have said yes to Jesus, but it's just gotten stale. It's just gotten kind of old. If you haven't been receiving the love of God in your life, then it's going to be hard to give it away. We have to receive so that we can give. But can I remind you of that simple verse? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved. He so loved you. You are so loved. And realizing that and walking in that will be the greatest change in your ability to give away love and to love others. I just, I wrote this reflection this week and what it means to, for me, just personally, like what it means to be so loved by God. I wanna read this for you and then we're just gonna make some space to receive that love so that we have something greater to give away. Don't you ever want something greater to give away? Like, I don't just wanna love people like the world. I wanna love them like Jesus something greater to give away. 
Maybe just close your eyes. I just want to read this over you. I just, just started writing, like, what does it mean for Lucas to think that he's so loved by God? For me, being so loved by God means not getting what I deserve. It might be easy to think of that in like some self-promoting way. Like I deserve some big bonus I didn't get or I deserve some promotion I didn't get. Or I deserve some crazy over-the-top gift like a new car, but I didn't get it. To me, not getting what I deserve means knowing that I deserve death. I deserve punishment. I deserve separation from a perfect, beautiful, holy God. But I am so loved by God that I don't get what I deserve. Instead, I get grace. I get mercy. I get a way made for me to know the Father despite my brokenness. Now, we can't get it backwards. The Lord is calling us into holiness. He's calling us out of sin. He's calling us into redemption. But the beauty of being so loved by God to me is that before I achieve those things, before I even knew the Lord's name, before I ever loved him back, he loved me first. His love was so intense for me that he sent his son to earth through the Virgin Mary to live as a man and die as a criminal so that a way could be made for me to know my father. I'm so loved. When's the last time you just broke in the love of the Lord? And it's kind of a funny thing to do when like you got 150 people looking at you, but that's how good God's love. And can I be honest? We don't all have to weep, but it's not that I'm better than anyone, but if your heart has never been that moved by the love of God, that's what we're gonna walk into today is receiving a love from the Lord that just changes you. You know, I believe that there might be people in the room that you're gonna be like, man, this guy is so emotional and something must have happened because he just, something's going on there. And maybe you've never received that. Maybe you've never said, Lord, I need that kind of love in my life. In just a minute, we're gonna make space just to pray together. Maybe for the first time, you're gonna say, Lord, I want that love. I wanna receive it. I need it. And I wanna have something greater to give away. In a minute when we pray, I wanna invite you to pray with me. Maybe you're here in the room and you're feeling like, I've done that, like I've, I've said yes. I prayed a prayer when we closed service or when I went to church camp or somewhere along the way, but I've never had my heart met in that kind of way that just moved me. I've never been overwhelmed with the love that God has for me, and I want that. In a minute, I wanna invite you to pray with me. Or Lastly, maybe you're here, and you've had those encounters and those moments and those Tender places where the love of the Lord has met you, but you're here today and you feel like you're struggling to give that away. It's like it's happened for you, but you've kind of just hoarded it all up to yourself. I felt like the Lord kept giving me this picture of like, like a clog in the pipe and like he wants to send more love, but like we've got to give away what's in there first so that he can refuel and replenish. I think there are some of you, and I kind of feel like I'm in that boat today just as the Lord's been speaking to me this week. It's like, You've sensed that love, Lucas, but you're not giving it away. So like what you got, it's like getting a little stale. So maybe you're here and you've never said yes to that. There's an invitation for you to do that today. Maybe you're here and you've said yes to the Lord, but you've never sensed his overwhelming love. Or maybe you're here and you've been there before, 
but it's just kind of getting stale. I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. And if you want to receive more of the love of the Lord in your life, I just want you to pray in your heart and under your breath after me. So if you would, maybe just close your eyes and put your head down. There's nothing special about that. It just kind of eliminates distractions. And what we're going to pray isn't about anybody else in the room. It's just about you and God. And if you're here today and you're like, that's not for me yet, that's okay. But I think a lot of people today need to receive that. So for the first time, saying yes, receiving it again, or getting rid of the old so you can be filled new, why don't you just pray after me, just in your heart or just under your breath. Father God, I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you sent your son to this earth because you love me. Lord, I want to experience that love. Father, I'm broken and I fall short. But would you come and meet me here? I know your love is for me. Would you let me experience it? With eyes still closed and and heads still bowed, I just want to ask, if you prayed that maybe for the first time in your life today, would you just look up at me or just put a hand up to me? I just want to acknowledge that and just thank the Lord for what he's doing. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can can open your eyes now. You know, we're going to walk into a space that at the vineyard we call ministry time. And, and this is a really important time of the service. I know at a lot of churches, it's normally when the pastor finishes and things go, it just means we all run out. But this is actually a part of what we do, and it's a time of prayer. It actually might be one of the most important things we do together where we pray for each other. So I'm gonna go ahead and invite our prayer teams. They're gonna position themselves around the room. And if you're here today and your heart got stirred up with something that's been shared, before you leave, I just wanna encourage you to stop by. We've got folks, they're gonna be in the back some today too, so maybe just right on your way out. You can exit. If you need to come down front or kneel, just be wrecked by the love of God or just receive prayer up front, we'll be here for that too. But or maybe you prayed that prayer for the first time. We wanna make space to do, minister together. Or maybe you're hearing all this stuff about love and giving love and receiving love and you're like, somehow it's still not happening for me, but I want it. Let someone pray for you. Let someone lay hands on you. That's how we kind of sometimes transfer the goodness of God in our body and in our community. So I'm just gonna pray over us one more time as we close. And then as people head out the doors that way, hopefully the most of us will be finding a team of people to pray for us so we can be blessed and receive more of what God has today. Father God, thank you for loving us. I wanna say that again, because it's worth repeating, Lord. Thank you for loving us. You're so good, God. And we just, we thank you for your love. Holy Spirit, would you show us how to give away the love that you so freely give to us? God, would you show us how to hold your love with reverence and be it something that draws us to obedience and draws us to to holiness, God. Would your love be something that changes us and that through us, other people are changed as your love works in us. 
God, we praise you today. Just meet us in this time. Holy Spirit, just come and rest on people who need a fresh touch of your love, Lord. For people who have gone stale, God, I just pray right now, you just put it on their hearts, how to give it away so they can be refueled and refilled by you, Lord. We ask your Holy Spirit, just bless this time of ministry and you just meet us as we pray. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, again, service isn't over. This is ministry time. If you don't want ministry, you're welcome to grab your kids or head out to the back, but let's make this cool. Let's make this normal. We just want to get prayer. I'll be down front too. If anyone would like prayer, I'd love to pray for you as well.